Good afternoon, everyone. Hello. Hi. Hi. That's the music that I can barely hear. Yeah, you're probably not going to hear it through your headphones. Oh, okay. Yeah, it only lets you. I was going to. This is going to be a really tough podcast. Hear <laughs> music. We're making it challenging. We're beat. making it challenging right off the right off the bat. That's Ken's way of making sure you listen to this when it's yes. done. It's the Helen Keller. Um, I'm not going to do a Helen Keller joke. Sorry. Do you know how not Helen? Yet, how, not yet. Anyway. <laughs> but do you know how Helen Keller's parents used to punish her? No, how? They would rearrange the furniture in the house. Oh, man. Do you know how Helen Keller learned to masturbate? No. She learned to read her own lips. Oh, no. Do you know, do you know why Helen Keller's dog committed suicide? Because he was blind, too? No, yes. <laughs> no, because you kill yourself your name was... <laughs> it just made Ken spit out of Pabst. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so... So, um, before we get started, before we do anything... Yes. I believe we're going to do a shot. Yes. Well, let's. I guess we should introduce who's here. Okay. Because then well, it's just like some alcoholic guy showed up with Pat with Jim Beam. <laughs> so, um, can I do a shout out to the bar too? Where we're at? Well, we're definitely gonna do a shout out to the bar. Right, Being kind so enough. To shout out. When, I, when we start like fucking shout outs and shit. Just, you can shout out right yeah, now. Yeah, I want to give it, a right shout now. out to my mom. You know? Were there shout outs? I don't even 80s? know what a computer is. So. There weren't. Uh, yes, there was. That's that's where shout outs started. It was on. I believe it was on MTV Grind. The grind, and they would do. I like to do a shout out to my homeboys out in. Yes. Did not know that. Yes. Like to say hi to the boys at the mill. Yeah. Boys at the mill. <laughs> that's called a hospital, Ken. <laughs> All right. I get. Well, anyway, let's All do right. a shot of Jim Beam because that's okay. what we do here at this place. Yeah. Cheers. Right Cheers, on. guys. One, right two, on. three. Uh, ching, 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 Oh, smooth. That is smooth, yeah. Not enough O's in the word smooth. smooth. Yes. <laughs> that's, all, that's actually a story that they told here once in my first special. Because I was drinking, like, Hop Devil and stuff. And they're like, why don't you, you drink snob. special? I know. I put my pinky up. So then they said you should drink a special. And I said, uh, I enough O's and smooth for that. Nice. So um, we are here. This is our third. Yes. Count them. One, two, three. We're on a roll. Podcast for Off the Record, a vinyl podcast. We're here, but who are we? Uh, I'm Ken. I'm not Ken. I'm Jim. Also, Hi, Jim. Jim. Hi, Jim and Ken. And I'm Bob. Bob. Uh, Welcome, Bob. I've known these guys for a very long time, and I, I'm starting to regret it right now. But as long as we got Jim Beam, we're good. Yeah. It'll, it'll help us through. Yes. It'll help us through the whole thing. The I, remember whole when, I remember when uh, the early days of Love Urchin and uh, Ken's solo career and... You know the, the that was like that was one night. <laughs> yes. The later days of Love Virgin are no different from the early days yes. of Love Virgin. They get a website out of it though. That was fun. It's true. It's true. We do have a website. We don't have much else going on, but we have yes. a website. And also, I guess we should we could, we could probably bring up eventually, if not now, but uh, the Scumcape festivals. Oh. And the list, the list we used to do, which. The list. That goes Remember back the to the, the earliest days of email at work. Oh, my God. Yes. Like yeah. Top top five things you called your penis, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to say that I ever peed my pants during the list, but I, I think I did. And wasn't there a story about so- somehow it leaked out to the Somehow public? it leaked out. Uh, uh, Chris, uh, guy was guy Jim and I know from high school. I lived with him for a couple of years. He was, uh, he was in uh, law school, yeah. and one of his classmates came up to him and just out of nowhere was like, you guys in that list, you are so funny. And he really had no idea what she was talking about at first. 
And she's like, the list, the, you know, the top three things. And she actually had a printout of it. And some, a friend of hers in Texas, like, forwarded it to her. And we were like, how wow. did this get out? Wow. Yeah, we, we would, uh, I guess the story is that we started talking on, on uh, online, on e- in email. Because yeah. we were all bored at our jobs and whatever. So we started making up lists of, at the, sh- at the time there was a show called The List. Right. That was pretty lame. So we started saying, like, top five racial slurs and things like that. And, like, just things that just, and we would come up with these lists. And then we just sent them back and forth. And we tried to outdo each other yeah. all the time. Yeah. My favorite was, like, my top favorite racial slur was Jersey Driver. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. My favorite was uh, the one we did the one year the, when the uh, when the Oscar statues were stolen, yes. and we did top three alternatives to the Oscar statue. <laughs> mine was mine was Billy Barty nailed to a tree stump. <laughs> wow, I, I only remember the the list as a concept and an experience. I do not no. remember well, were, the details yeah. of it. But I think were you the one who like would get into his work at was it Vichet? That's right, yeah. And uh, they wouldn't check your, your ID, so you would just hold up like things, random things in your car? That, that happened once. <laughs> there was a gate. You had to go, do you know this story? I, I know this story. Yeah, yeah. And, and one, I had a little you know photo badge or something, and one day I forgot it, so I, I just quickly scanned the car. Yeah. I grabbed a white cassette tape and just palmed it. <laughs> but, you know, to the guard's credit, I think he recognized me in the car. And uh, yeah. But then we started talking about other things you could hold up, like a banana. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like a pinata or something. Used condom wrapper. Yes. <laughs> Top three lamest things that could get you through maximum security. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, so I, th- we're so on the Tangent Express right now. but um, Tangents are good. Yeah, okay. Tangents are funny. But so why are we here? Let's let's, let's kind of get that going. I we guess. are here because uh, well, one, we Jim and I had talked about when we, when we first and you guys like cheap booze started. <laughs> well, who doesn't? Yeah. Um, when we first got this idea for the podcast. We said at some point we want to start having guests, not just have us two on it. Sure. Um, and I think you kind of were the first for both of us. I think. It was like Bob. Bob would be perfect. The first one to actually yeah. say yes. Thought <laughs> it was. It's a short list. It's only you. <laughs> you. <laughs> well, number so, uh, one. I hope you're not doing awesome. anything next month. <laughs> no, right. Yeah, because if we had to ask another guest, I don't know who we'd ask. It would be you again. Yeah, we could probably get Joe to do it, but I couldn't be part of it because he would be mad at me. So, but we won't talk about that. So, I, I you know, I, to, to his credit, I do love Joe. I just can't talk to him right now. But that's Joe. Joe is. Uh, Man, I'm going deep here. Well. <laughs> uh, Ken's uh, former uh, brother-in-law, who, used to, who I used to play in a band with. You know, I'll just say there's an old adage that you should never discuss religion and politics with your friends. And Yes. I like to live by that one. And it was kind of right. both with him. So. <laughs> At the same it's like a double-barreled sense. shotgun. Yeah. yeah. But, but that aside, we're here. Uh, we do the podcast. We like to talk about music. We like to talk about um, our favorite albums albums that we either at one point owned on vinyl or do currently own on vinyl yes and um so we uh we invited bob and they knew i was a bartender at a bar so they knew i just get. i just that no, had I know, absolutely that was, nothing to do now this is your first remote though isn't it <laughs> this That's is our first remote so this is kind of fun yeah yeah There's a lot of firsts here Yes. A lot of firsts. And I'm not wearing pants right now, which is a first. That's not a first. I'm not wearing <laughs> Let's panties. Let's be honest here. I'm not wearing pants. I'm not wearing panties. Does that, yes, does yes, that count? that's true. Ken, are you wearing panties? I am, but again, not a first. <laughs> pants alone. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we, yeah, we're here at Bob and Barbara's, which is my place of my uh, 
place of, uh, you don't have to applaud that. Um, <laughs> my, my place of employment, I've been here for 10 years. It's the home of the special, people that know that. It's on 15th and South, which I, I know there's going to be like, oh, I got to go there now. <laughs> All got three a, people who listen to this. we got a shot of Jim Beam <laughs> and a can of Paps, so we'll be drinking a lot of that as we go. And by like the end of this, I guess we'll be talking about everything but the final <laughs> so well, i'll get slapped like elvis at some point if saying. it if if it goes the way i planned it yes that's yes. exactly where this is <laughs> oh ken is orchestrating this great great oh, great awesome. puppeteer pull the strings help <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bell lugosi shirt so uh so what's the album uh the album is well the album is, is an album that we all own on vinyl. It's behind you, Ken, there. It's Elvis Costello's Get Happy, which is my favorite album. Ever? Of all? Uh, my favorite Elvis album, Not yeah. that anyone's actually going to see us because this is Yeah, not hold it up so podcast. no one can see it. <laughs> <laughs> so all you blind people at home. Yes, it's uh, Well, we could talk about the design and everything, too. But it's my yes. favorite album because... Uh, not necessarily my favorite album of all time, but as a vinyl... Um, it was pretty inventive and pretty, because uh, when Ken asked me to do this, I thought about a bunch of stuff, and um, I didn't really think Tiny Tim's Greatest Hits would be good, or like some obscure jazz record, or you know something by uh, The Shambles, or <laughs> Strict Nine Divine, <laughs> or Sweaty Flimballs. Um, or Scrapple Suit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pigeons from Hell. There was I, I just remember there was a t- one time when we were trying to the, come up with a name for the band that Joe and I were in, and I just wrote like eight pages of like band names like double spaced. Was uh, Garden State Brickface and Stucco? Stucco? No, no. <laughs> that came later. No, Cookie Puss was on there though, and my favorite band name of all time, Pretentia. So I always thought that. Ooh, would, that's like I like that. That's name. a prog rock name. Yes. Right there. So. Yeah, yeah. A self-effacing prog rock. We might band we name. might need to start a side project with that name. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when Ken came to me, he said, uh, "What, you know, if you want to pick an album?" And I'm like, and "I know a lot of albums, but uh, for some reason, when I think of vinyl, I definitely think of Elvis Costello's uh, Get Happy record. It's not the one with the biggest hits. It's not the ones that um, that ha- like it's not." I honestly don't even think it's his best record, but it's the best vinyl because it specifically was made for vinyl. Now, when did you first bu- have this album? Or own uh, it or buy it? 1402. Yes. Uh, no. Wow. I was a time traveler. No, I bought it back in the 80s when it first came out. Yeah? Yeah, there was actually a... Because um, I was a big Elvis fan anyway. I was a big New Wave kid. I mean, I, I was a punk kid too, but definitely New Wave. I mean, I always wore like suits and shit and skinny ties and yeah, I was a nerd like that. Um, and Elvis, I always liked Elvis because something about like the way he sang and the way he played and just the song structure. There was a bunch of art- other artists at the time that were similar that I really liked, like Graham Parker and Joe Jackson and um, Reckless Eric, which um, I can get into that later about how the first album was rumored to be a Reckless Eric slash Elvis Costello duel. Really? Final. Yeah, the, the, his debut. Wow. Um, yeah. So, but I really liked Stiff, uh, stiff Records. Uh, I really liked, um, like, I liked the, I loved the first two albums by Elvis Costello. And then Get Happy came out, and there was an ad that came out, which was uh, an advertisement, like a radio advertisement about it. And it was, you know, when I think back on it, 
it's pretty historic, this album, because of things that had happened prior, um, things that it's like even the design of the record, even even the way it's pressed is like at the time it was kind of not revolutionary, but just sort of like like unheard of. Well, didn't they? Didn't they? I mean, like they squeezed so many songs yeah. that it came close to the um, to the, the center to hole of the record. Yeah, they were yeah. worried it was going to affect the, the sound quality. Yeah, that was a big thing, and that's actually in in the advertisement about it about how it's ten songs per side, and um, every song is a gem. And but all the songs are small and short and perfect. Um, there's uh, there's two uh, covers on there. And uh, I believe the one is I Stand Accused, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs of all time. And, um, but, yeah, even the way it was pressed, um, there was a lot of songs. At the time, you got, like, maybe, you know, six, seven songs per side. And it was way before the advent of, you know, um, CDs and things like that and definitely MP3s. But they compressed everything, and they were worried that the grooves were too tight together that it would be a problem, which is a problem I have with my social life, too. But um, Your grooves are a little too close together. Too tight. Yeah. Too tight. Yes. Need a little yeah, I had to throw a sexual thing. <laughs> Sweet. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I love every I love every song on there. Um, it's the third record. Uh, I believe it's the second record with the, um, with the Attractions. Now, who did he play with prior to the Attractions? It was, it was studio musicians. Uh, the first record, it was only the first record... The first record was, um, I mean, prior to like even the bands and stuff he played in, he played in a bunch of other bands, but I'm not even sure about. But he was he he palled around with uh, uh, Nick Lowe and all those guys from Stiff Records, Ian Dury, and well, the reason I ask, and Ken, you'll have to fact check me on this, but I think on his first album, he played with musicians that would later become the News, as in Huey Lewis and the News. Yeah, Clover, Clover was the band. There yes. you go. Say, there you, you can't go. stop me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're looking at me to fact check you. I mean, Bob's here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have a uh, an Apple laptop. I don't have one of those. Yeah, it's a. You know. I have my phone, but uh, no, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't trump the it's Apple a, yeah, laptop. Just a big. I don't Apple. know about that. That has access to a completely different internet than oh. than what we can access. Oh, the dark web. No, it's the it's it's the, the job jobs the jobs web. Jobs yeah. Web. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Jobs from web. from beyond the grave. Yes. But yeah, it was uh, the first the studio album, uh, My Aim Is True, was um, was the cl- was band the band Clover, um, and that's when, I mean that's a gr- that's one of, that's a great record too. The first three albums they ever did were amazing, but that first record he did studio musicians because that was something that the record execs wanted. He was very prolific. Um, he was big on the scene, like the pop rock scene and everything, and. Um, Nick Lowe was his producer who wrote uh, What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding, which if you ever heard the original version of that, which is Brinsley Schwartz, um, the band that Nick Lowe was in with Dave Edmonds. Um, Brinsley Schwartz was this pub rock band. They did a, um, you know, they did the original version of Peace, Love, and Understanding, which everybody kind of knows, as a, thinks of as an Elvis song. Um, but the first version... At the end of it, he says, "Do it for the children." Like oh. it's, just, it's so corny, but it's it's it good. It kind of predates "We Are the World" by yes, yeah. <laughs> we are the the, the street, <laughs> we are the neighborhood. Um, but yeah, it was it's you know the, that first record was originally supposed to be, uh, when I understand the rumor was, uh, a split record, with one side being Reckless Eric, and 
Elvis Costello. The story, just different stories I've heard have been that Elvis Costello was so prolific that they decided to just give him the whole record. And I am saying record, so I'm not saying whatever. It was a record. And then Reckless Eric kind of did his own thing, which afterwards is, and that's a great record too, but it only, you know, it isn't the hits that. You ever heard of Reckless Eric, Ken? Uh, no. Me neither. Okay, Reckless Eric um, did a song. Uh, you big. You guys are big uh, Will Ferrell fans, oh, right? A little, little yeah, bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was that movie where he played, like, whatever the writer was ha- was writing? He oh, Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> Jaws. <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah, he. the writer was doing something. Whatever the writer wrote, yes, he would. Yes, 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 And uh, then he would recreate it. Well, he, Will Ferrell plays a song on that soundtrack with the guitar called The Whole Wide World. Which is uh, a Reckless Eric song. All right. Yeah. I'm going to check that We're out. We're going to check out yeah. Reckless Eric. Yeah. Reckless Eric, the whole wide world and se- semaphore signals is like, there's a there's also a um, live album that's out. Um, that's, that's that's the thing. If you can ever track down Elvis Costello live albums, they're fun. They're really fun. Now, if a guy like Reckless Eric gets yes. a little more boring in his later years, does he become like straight arrow Eric? I think he's he's considered not so reckless, Eric. Feckless, Eric. Feckless, Eric. <laughs> yes. Law-abiding. I'm not Eric. even sure if he's alive, but you know, if I met Reckless Eric, I would just, I don't know, I would just shake his hand and say thanks for two songs, and that's it. But I love Reckless Eric. I've his contribution to the world. But he was in the same class as. Um, this is how much of a see. This is what you guys are going to regret because I know all this shit. Uh, him and Ian Dury and the Blockheads. Uh, you know Ian Dury and the Blockheads. They're a big hit. Um, uh, sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. They were on that same... There was a live album that was a bunch of Stiff Records. Um, Stiff Records alumni, they did a live album. And Albus Costello's on there, and he does two, there's Matt Miracle Man and stuff like that, like that. But the cover I love because it's just a bunch of guys with Nick Lowe in the front. Naked. Na- not naked. <laughs> But he cares so little. Smelling a glove? Yes. Smelling a glove. It's all in black. (laughs) He's so, it's funny because they're just standing there like just taking a picture. Like it's posed. But Nick Lowe didn't even bother to put down a cigarette. Like his cigarettes is hanging in his hand. He's like, ah, just take the picture. But it's a great album. I have it on blue vinyl, which is kind of fun. Is that like a Blu-ray? No. It is. Blu-ray vinyl? Blu-ray vinyl. (laughs) (laughs) There's a joke in there somewhere. Yeah, so well, I'm not going to chase it though. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, you know, eventually we're going to have to get this album rolling and yeah. Uh, and yeah, listen why to don't it. Yeah. Why don't we just do some of it? Because, um, I guess just whatever you want to do, like the first, you want to hand me the vinyl. I can. Just the first side is really great. Is the, is the vinyl list in the same order as the CD? I believe so. Okay. However, isn't there a little trick though? Uh, What's up? On the printed back cover, there aren't side one and side two reversed. Yes. yes. So let's do that. That's that's another like thing about it that's kind of fun. Um, let me look inside. Let me look at the actual final. Chris, yeah. on my glasses. You know, in the know. interest oh, of full disclosure, we're not playing vinyl here. We're playing CD because it's CD quality. What? what? Then let me out of here. <laughs> How dare you? I was actually considering bringing my Crossley across the street and like setting up with a microphone. Uh, side A, side B, uh, side side one. And I'm looking at the actual record itself. Uh, is "Love for Tender" is the first song. And I remember the video being really strong. 
So how do you want to do this? You want me to just like list the songs and then? I mean, what we usually do is we usually just play it and uh, you it. know and yeah. and and chat about it. All right. I do that. Without further ado, here is "Get Happy" by Elvis Costello and the Attractions. We're just going to listen for a little bit here because Bob has stepped away from the microphone. Bob is uh, Bob's, uh, refueling the, uh, the podcast. Bob is very graciously bringing some union-made brew over to us. Ken, if it weren't for you, I'd probably have no knowledge of this album whatsoever. Because it's only through you that I know this album and, and was compelled to buy it on Broadway. Well, you were there when I bought this. Yeah, true. But you had you had the songs prior to that. Didn't you? Really? Really? Jeez. I'm misinformed. That's, that's a rarity. Jeez, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just kind of a nerd for this record just because... Like, even when the CD came out, like I was telling you earlier, when the CD came out, uh, Rhino Records put it back out with its, a B-side, like it's a second CD, and it has so many great... It's like a whole other album. It is, yeah. And it's my favorite second side of a CD. Once dated a girl, actually, because she liked this record. Did, you, did you call her a service dog? No. No, she did give me a restraining order, though, so for a whole year, because I asked her to coffee afterwards. You asked her to cough after Coffee. Oh. Not coffee. <laughs> Turn your head and yes. cough. <laughs> That's your dating style. Okay. True. You know, I got to tell you guys, I'm going to be a little bit of the dissenting voice here. I like this album. I, I definitely dig the vibe of it. Yeah. But overall, I kind of don't like the fact that there's so many songs. Yeah. And that the songs are so short. Yeah. To me, I would have been happier with fewer songs. And songs that were longer. Yeah. I mean, these songs, a lot of them, they almost seem like they're just ideas that he tossed off. Sure. Now, you, you said he was prolific. Yeah. Um, but it seems to me like somebody could have reined him in and just said, too many songs. Some of the songs sound like they could have been the same song, you know? Yeah. Some of them, he gets into an instrumental break, and you're like, all right, this is going to have like a middle eight to it, but that's the end of the song, and then it yeah. fades out. So... I like it, but I, I'm not in love with it as much as, uh, as you guys. Well, and there is a reason behind that. There's a reason behind the re- The thing, there's a couple of reasons why this record was made this way. Um, the reason for the short songs is because they wanted a, a live sound. They were going for a pub rock sound, which is really big at the time. Yep. And it was the second album with their attractions, so they wanted to kind of capture that whole live thing that they do which is much shorter songs and keeping the ba- you know you know don't bore us get to the chorus type of thing um, there were bands like um, I forget the bands but there was like Dr. not Dr. Dog but there was another bunch of other bands at the time that were like big pub rock bands and you went to a small bar and you heard which is what most of us heard live music and it was big in England and um, 
that's why they purposely did it. It wasn't just because, oh, he's such his ego is so big and he's have all these songs in it. No, he was trying to do short songs for a live set. But on the other side of it was he was trying to capture the three minute single thing. Just like he was trying to do a soul record. Oh yeah, yeah. He was def- he was trying to do a soul record, which was the way that most people heard soul music was in three minute increments. Now the other reason why he tried to do a soul record is because of the famous incident where the incident, the incident. Where, dun, dun, dun. Yes, where he was. This was before. Um, and I love this story, but it's it's so horrifying. He was um, he was on tour, and he met up in a hotel bar, I think. When I understand, and met up with Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and they were just kind of getting, and a couple other people from their band. Yeah, yes. yeah, and they were just talking, and he's on tour, and he's like the punk rock guy, and so supposedly Crosby, Stills, and Nash started making fun of him and his band, like the punk of the, rock the thing. teeth, the bad teeth. Yeah, the bad teeth and the big glasses. <laughs> like, hey, big nose, you know, and no, like hey, you with the bad, bad teeth, English guy. So they started making fun of him for being like this punk rock guy, and then he just, just to piss them, piss them off because he was still a punk, and he said something disparaging because they brought up something about Ray Charles. Now, the thing is, Elvis Costello loved soul music and you know, black people and African American people, but in order to piss them off, he he called so Ray Charles is the ignorant, and then he used that word. Um, which is now inside your heads. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so right. they slapped them. They beat. The, they started beating them up. So then, it, yeah, yeah. So then it became like this whole big story about how he was racist and everything else. So in order to answer that, he's like, "Fine, I'm gonna put out, you know, show you how much I love soul music and, you know, and that's why things like I Stand Accused, which is another version of this, the big organ sound. So this album could have been titled The Apology. Yes, very much so. Or the veiled apology. Yeah, kind of is. I mean, it's kind of, yeah, good. Uh, what I was going to say, and again, not to be also at the center, because I'm not, this is, this is probably my favorite album as well, but you said he was going for, like, the live sound. Yeah. But at the same time, a lot, if not all, no. these songs fade out. Yeah. Which is not something you would hear in a live no. situation. Well, he wasn't doing like he wasn't doing. Wait, wait. Then, unless the roofies kick in, then, well, it, then yeah. it does seem yeah, like yeah, the music yeah, is yeah, fading yeah. out. Well, and there's lots of yeah. other things that yeah. happen too. But that's you know, and that usually happens in the bathroom. <laughs> I wake up the next morning and said too much. Um, <laughs> but no, that he wasn't necessarily trying to create a live album. He was trying to create a live sound. Okay. That's why the organ sounds the way it does, and that's why the drums are all mic'd a certain way, and and he's got a lot of reverb on certain vocal tracks. Um, but yeah, I mean, around this time when he actually little history prior to this album and before his even first album, when he got well, when we first got signed to Capitol. I believe he got signed to Capitol. He played at a bar. It was called Cloud Nine. Or no, the Hot Club. It was called the Hot Club, which is about five blocks up the street from here. And he played live the night that he got signed um, at this little bar called the Hot Club. It was right up the street. It's now called Ten Stone. It's a little, little, um, like, Irish, big Irish bar. And... I was of age, but I just didn't go. Um, 
I wanted to see him and everything. I just couldn't get downtown. But there's a live bootleg of him playing that night, the night that he got signed, called Some Like It Hot. And you have it? No, I don't have it. But I dated a girl who's much younger than I was, and who's the girl that I likes this album. And I was talking about that album and about you know about that that night and everything. And she goes, "Yeah, my mom was there." And I'm like, "Oh, just crushed my heart." Oh, your mom was there, but you know, dating you—that's the most of a pervert I was. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, he was going for a that live sound. The, that explains the ankle bracelet. Yeah, <laughs> and I've heard that story. I've heard that. Um, yeah, exactly. That's why I can only I can only live across the street from where I work. Um, I, and that's why I have to put one leg towards the door. <laughs> but I, I totally, I do agree with you. What you, but there's some of the stuff could have been fleshed out. Um, but even if you listen to old, like later records, sometimes it's like, you know, sometimes I think he goes too overboard. You know, if you hear, like if you hear the live stuff he's ever done, and he's got like big instrumentals and stuff, they're yeah. fun. They're just like the the big wheel tour is amazing. The live of the Macumbo, uh, Macumbo is great. Um, just like he, he was a lot. Like the the attractions were a great live band. Oh yeah, they're very tight. That's one of the things I love is just how in sync they were with each other and, and yeah. how they played together. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like they knew each. They played each with each other for such a long time. Now the version that's out there now is the Imposters, which is without the bass player. Um, which makes them really imposters. They're very imposters. They're not really that. It's not even Elvis. It's like some guy. Hey, there's a song on this album called The Imposter. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't. I haven't read the book, but supposedly there's a book out by the original bass player, uh, Bruce Thomas. Thomas. Thomas yeah. yeah. And he, um, he, it's a fictional account of playing with a band where the the singer's called the Big Wheel. It's like, you know, and he makes fun of them the whole time. So now he, that's why he's not in the band anymore. This this song in particular, King Horse, just something about this this song, it's just so perfect. And I just the drum breaks on it are great. This this was when I when we when I bought this we were on a road trip when I bought this album. We were in Binghamton, New York. Oh, so you bought it on CD? Yeah, I don't know. No, that, that's what I mean. Yeah. Is that you you had the album a long time ago? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But you bought yeah. it on CD. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And. Um, we were listening to it on this road trip, and this is the song that like it sealed the deal to, for spoke you. Spoke to me when we were listening to it. Like this song is amazing. And he doesn't play it live very often. That's the thing. For some reason, he just doesn't play it live that often. Um, I just know that. I mean, I used to be such a such a nerd that I would follow all the Elvis Costello boards and stuff like that, and they would detail the songs he played, and it very rarely comes up. It's, it's, a, it's not one of his biggest hits, but it's such a beautiful song. Now, this album was, I think, recorded in 79 and released in 80. Yes. And for me, personally, there's a window of a couple years, the end of the 70s, beginning of the 80s, where I think music, and especially recorded you know, rock and pop music, was at its pinnacle. Yeah. From the Sonic standpoint, because I think it was still all analog recording. Yeah. But they had perfected the art. Yeah. And, I mean, that was really the peak. Because after that, you know, recording became digital. Synthesizers came in. I like synthesizer music, but, I mean, it yeah. just kind of, it took over eventually. But this is still all analog, all real instruments. Yeah. And, you know, sonically, the recording quality of it 
is it doesn't suffer. Yeah. It has a it has a big sound the whole album. It's got that soul like that Phil Spector wall of sound thing going on in there too that I just there's something about it. Like even little things like that little guitar part and about wang that mm-hmm. little wang in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That little wang in there. Um <laughs> Wang. Wang. But yeah, I mean that's that that's one of my favorite songs. Um and then he slows it down and then just there's something about this record that just um like does even it, does it warm your cockles? Yes. And uh and my muscles and my cockles. And the subcockles. Yes. Only a medical guy would know about the subcockles. Why why is he pointing to that picture on the wall? Is that what the German guys played with in their U-boats? Their subcockles? They might have. Speaking of pictures. Yes, never mind the subcockles, which was like a favorite by the German pistols, which was like, they were called the sex lugers. (laughs) They were. Yes, and they would never mind the subcockles. By the Deutsche Lugers. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Pictures, right? We we would talk about Miss Lisa, the... uh, yeah, what's that? What's going this, on there? Oh, uh, this is Miss Lisa Lisa, who's the uh, host of the drag show here at Bob and Brothers. So she's the host with the most. This, the girl's so nice they named her twice. She's um, Miss Lisa Lisa. She's the uh, host of the longest-running drag show in Philadelphia here at Bob and Brothers. She is. So, so in honor of that, I'm actually uh, I'm sitting here in drag. So I I'm, didn't I didn't notice at all. Yeah. That's good. We're used to seeing the drag. Yes. <laughs> No, I didn't know I was a guy. Did no, you? I'd have never guessed that you're a woman. Yes, <laughs> I am. I one. never guessed that he wasn't a woman. <laughs> hey, five bucks is five bucks. <laughs> but yeah, this um, yeah, I mean, even even like these little these little songs are just like that drum beat in there. Just like little things like that are just just fun to listen to and and pull apart. Um. This is one of those album I, albums I can actually put on and like not be like be distracted enough that I'll just keep uh, you know I'll just keep doing what I'm doing you know what I mean like put it on in my house and it's a background make dinner album. yeah it's it's definitely a background album but it's also one of those albums I think works as um, you know just like you want to hey I really want to hear this album you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. That's the thing about vinyl that you, when you were talking about oh we were talking about vinyl, I was talking to uh, somebody recently about this about how especially the surgence of vinyl now, the sales of vinyl have outranked CDs now. They're like the new the new thing. Um, it's an effort to play vinyl. It is. Like you can't you don't just push a button. It has to be deliberate. Yeah, you have to find time to you take can't, it. And you can't shuffle it. No. You can't. You know. You can, but it sounds oh. like crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have a whole bunch of mixtapes that are like that. Like, you can play this. Wait, wait, a tape? What's that? Yeah. Oh, um, that's um. That's, that's a totally different podcast. Actually, a tape, a mixtape, is what you use to get into Bichet. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, high security is like really good. Top three uses for mixtape. Mix Give tape. to your new girlfriend. Get into Bichet. <laughs> And uh, impress and older people. Something you do when you have no time for <laughs> all the time to run on your hands. Use as a doorstop. Yes. <laughs> to level out your couch. <laughs> but as long as you have a pencil, you can always fix that mix. Always tape. fix it. Yes. Man, this is like all the young people are gonna be sitting there like looking at the fidget spinners and drinking IPAs, going, "What the? F- 
fuck are they talking about? What are they talking about? Are they talking about vinyls? Vinyls. And vinyls is never plural, people. Vinyl is always singular. Always. So this song, a couple things. The beginning of it always always reminds me of Kids in the Hall. It reminds me of the opening opening theme to Kids in the Hall. Because of that guitar part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's certain things that are just... Like not Obviously, the, it came out before that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm pretty certain there's other other guitar players on this record, but Elvis doesn't get much credit for being. He's the sole guitar player in that band. Right. And you know, I believe there's one track on here where he plays all the instruments. Could be. According to the Wikipedia entry. Wikipedia. Yeah. You have the uh, the track listing there. What track did we just hear, Bob? Um. Let me see. That would, so that would be this is side one. So that would be a uh, man called Uncle, as opposed to the man from Uncle. Yes. Or the woman called Uncle. Or was that possession? Let me just say. No, that was. Uh, oh, now we're now we're listening to Clown Time is over, and so it's reversed on the the, the thing. So this ah. is the piece of this song. Okay. The, the next song, I believe, is the one where Elvis played all the instruments. On New Amsterdam. I believe so. Let's li- let's listen to it and see if we can tell that. Because you know, I, if he played the drums, he couldn't have been an awesome drummer. Or he could have been. Yeah, it's actually. Well, he could have been like that. He could have been like that drummer we, you and I both know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Took me a second. So here's a here's a letter from Nick Lowe. Sent to me personally. No, it's on the back of the record. <laughs> it says, "Hi, you have noticed that there are." Ten tracks, big, big question mark, ten tracks on each side of this. Elvis' new LP making a real long player. Elvis and I, I talked long and hard about the wisdom. Man, these glasses suck. Um, this is like point, like point oh oh five typeface here. Elvis and I talked long and hard about the wisdom of taking this unusual step and, and are proud that we can now treasure hi-fi enthusiasts no, reassure hi-fi enthusiasts and or people who, I can read, were never bought a record made before 1967 that with the inclusion of this extra music that they will find no loss of sound, quality due to the groove cramming, they call it, as the record nears the end of each face, at the end of each face, i.e. the hole in the middle. Now get happy. Your friend, Nicolo Producer. Now, I have an, another album where there's a similar kind of disclosure on it. It's Disclaimer. a Pretenders album. Yeah. Disclaimer, yeah. And it doesn't have a lot of songs, but it has a lot of running time on each side. And there's a disclaimer, thanks, Ken, to that effect. And it tells you that because of that, the record actually plays a little quieter. And you're going to have to turn it up louder on your stereo. Yeah. So, uh, not unheard of, but... You know, well, there, and there's another, there's another thing about vinyl. that Like, it's deliberate. Like... What's the vinyl? Is it a deliberate act? You know, you have to take it out of the out of the sleeve. You have to pick it up and look at it. You have to take the other record off and put this one on. And you have to find the hole. And then you put the arm on it. And like half hour later, you're actually listening to music. <laughs> <laughs> you know, between groove cramming and finding the hole. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this oh. podcast could go in and not I don't. I don't think we're talking about direction. music anymore. No, I think we're talking about the drag show. Is what we're talking about. 
Um, we had some duct tape. We all we all set. Um, it's the one that you say he did all the. Yeah, but I guess there's really no drums on this. It's not a full drum track anyway. Um, no. But like this song reminds me of like later songs, like shipbuilding and stuff like that that he did. Yeah, it definitely got a shipbuilding. Yeah, this is like one of those. It's a pretty song. Yeah, there's something about he just purposely went out and tried to make an older record, and that's sort of like it's even so much so as um, so far as actually the album cover itself is made to look old. Right. It's retro. Yeah, they have, well, even, not even the retro, but... Yeah, uh, they made it look like they, they had yeah, the imprint. The imprint of the record. Like, that was intentional. Like they did that when they put this yep. intentional line on there to make it the first time I had ever... I actually thought it was. Like, oh, this is a really old record. And then, and then I realized it was actually printed on there. The design of it was just inventive. At, for that time, yeah, very That's what it was. It's opened up a lot of soul records. And, you, know. now, you make a good point, because when you think of soul or Motown, you really think of those as being exclusively singles. And, singles, yeah. And if a song is, you know, two, two and a half minutes long, that's what it was. But to listen to a whole album of those yeah, was, I mean, was most, probably unprecedented. Yeah, I mean, if it, it was, um, you know, Phil Spector used to say that, you know, he didn't like to do albums. He hated doing albums because he felt that it was a waste of nine tracks. He says, you should, all you need is one record. And to the point where you heard that story where he would listen, listen back in his office. Um, he'd listen to the, to the playback on a um, car stereo that was set up in his office. That's how he'd listen to the music because that's how most people listened to music sure. at that time, in sure. the 60s and 70s. And, um, yeah, this song, like, just that, like, this band just doesn't get credit enough until this album. Just, it sounds, it's so good. Now, I was reading, this song is based on a book, isn't it? It's uh, an album by the name of Hype Fahren- Oh, I was thinking Fahrenheit 451. Jaws. <laughs> Star Wars, the next generation. <laughs> Uh, well, High Fidelity, <laughs> I, I don't necessarily know whether it's actually based on the book or the book is based on the song. The book is based on the song. Oh, certainly. is it? Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, thought I read that wrong. Which is, yeah, because then the movie is based on, on the, book. the book. And actually, I mean, that's a really great book for audiophiles and people that like music. Because the book itself is, it's one of those things where I love that movie, love that movie. Yeah. But that is the great defining movie between men and women. Women usually hate that out that that movie. Oh, uh, like, see, I thought it was the longest day with John Wayne. No, <laughs> no. Well, not, I'm not saying it's the, the movie that all women hate. No, all, no. Most women don't like High Fidelity, the actual movie, because it's. I don't understand the lists, and you know, I don't like the way he's acting, and he's like stalking these women. I thought it was just John Cusack. 
Yeah, well, no. People usually love him. They love him more in Gross Point Blank, where he gets to kill people. Yeah, about, where he's a hired killer. Yeah, yeah exactly. How, how about in The Raven, where he plays... Uh, John Luke, John Wilk Booth? Um, <laughs> no, he plays Poe. <laughs> oh. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, well, a, you know, they kind of look similar. Similar. <laughs> got a similar <laughs> je ne sais quoi about them. <laughs> they have the same shade of hair. It's like... Take that, Lincoln. Nevermore. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't. Maybe it is. I mean, I, there's something about that movie that I really love, just because, like, the list. The list is the thing that we all like. Right. I definitely think that's a guy thing. Um, but the book itself. I mean, it's the same guy who wrote that book. Also wrote about a boy. Uh, that uh, was it. Hugh Grant movie where he races a little kid. Yes. Jim is um. She was well-versed in Hugh Grant movies. Yes. O- only because of Hugh Grant's relation to Elizabeth Hurley. <laughs> yes. Just as an aside here. He, he pretty much gets every Hugh Grant movie hoping Elizabeth Hurley's no, in no, it. No, 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 <laughs> no. Just, just as an aside, uh, there was a movie with uh, Elizabeth Hurley and Brendan, Brendan Fraser. Fraser. <laughs> oh, bedazzled. Ken and I rented that movie. It's a remake. And we fast-forwarded through all the parts that didn't contain Liz Hurley. <laughs> yeah. And it became like a 17-minute oh movie. <laughs> Yeah, just like I could have a, a Elizabeth Hurley on a loop, just the way she walks in that movie. Just the way she walks in that movie is like the most sexiest, nonchalant way. And I, I do, I'm not just saying it's a better movie than the original, but it's a better use of Elizabeth Hurley um, than the original. But Bedazzled, because she wasn't in the first one. So. <laughs> there you go. But, you know, then again, the original Bedazzled. Say, how was she used in the original? Was she no, like she a, was, looked under a microscope? Yeah, <laughs> she was. Well, you know who was in the original? The original Bedazzled, right? It was, uh, uh, it, I know it was really, a remake, but I've never seen it. It's Peter Cook and um, who's the guy who played Arthur? Dudley Moore? Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore and Peter Cook were a comedy, tr- comedy yeah, duo. That's right, they were, yeah. And they did Bedazzled, and Peter Cook... Did the, uh, the Brendan Fraser character, or vice versa, and and Peter Cook was the devil, so they they replaced Peter Cook with uh, with Elizabeth Hurley. I only bring up, uh, you know, I only bring up that movie of uh, because you do a very good impression of of Elizabeth Hurley. Now Elizabeth Hurley. Now only behind closed Dudley doors. Moore. You used to do a really good impression of Dudley Moore years ago. Drunken Dudley Moore. He, he did. I have to yes. be drunk for that. Yes. No, there was one night we were at a skunk. Oh man, we're going like really weird on this one. The skunk ape festival tangent, tangent and there was like a, there was like footage of Dudley Moore like acting drunk. And here, what it was, he just he had so much. He was just had a disease that made him look drunk. And Jim's doing Dudley Moore impressions all the time, and he shows him playing piano. And he's like, I soaked all the keys in gin so the gin could get into my fingers. Wow. That's how fucked up my memory is. That's a part of my life that I'd completely forgotten about. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, Thank sure. But you, no, it was probably the cheers. That cheers was on that one. Great at the, at the, to Dudley Moore. That's a deep, deep cut right there. Yeah, deep, deep cut. <laughs> so, so we suggest both versions of Bedazzled. This record. Um, this is on the, this one I really love. This this song I really like. This is just just a lot of like imagery and stuff being a black and white world and. But that's what I mean. Like this is his best songwriting. Like he he was really good up to this point, even. But this is like one of those things where his imagery and stuff was really really on point. Now you know another thing about this being vinyl, being way back before the internet. Uh, 
Elvis Costello is a lyricist. You know, he, he takes, yeah. he puts great effort into his lyrics. These songs are very dense, word-wise. Yeah. But you know, I was listening to this in the car, and it's really difficult to pick up his words. Sure. And this is the kind of album where you'd probably go scrambling for the lyric sheet on the sure. liner notes, and there are none. Yeah. So this is definitely a record that you got to put on if you want to learn and memorize the words. You got to listen yeah. closely. Well, that's what I mean. It's one of those records that you could put it on and have it as a background record. Um, or you could sit down with a set of headphones and really listen to the lyrics because he was he was really poignant with that. I mean, I just like there's so many little catchphrases and stuff like that in this whole record that it's just, you know, I just there's a fade out right there that I just that makes sense that fade out right there. That was a minute and fifty seconds and yeah. it fades out. Yeah, Super that's what I mean. Short. But that's what I mean. That's how I, you know I know that like you think of them as like ideas but that's like the beauty of it like those guys having I had to wait for that long um, being able to write a little tiny song that's like a minute and a half and like less than two minutes long and have it that strong and that catchy and fun it's great I mean it, it, you don't get that now but you could also argue that a, a verse a chorus a middle eight and a hook I mean you can cram all that into 30 seconds if you wanted to. Sure. And if you listened to a lot of punk music at the time, you did. I mean, the Minutemen were known for every song being a minute long. Um, you know, their albums, their punk records were like, you know, 30 songs on an album. What did you <laughs> say earlier? Don't bore us, get to the chorus. Don't bore us, get to the chorus. Oh, no, and that's, a, that's that was my, like, a lot of the bands I played in, that was, that phrase actually was taught to me by keyboard player by the name of Sam Steinig who plays in a band called the GTVs who originally played in a band called Mondo Topless um, which I played in and I remember him telling me that phrase I'm was, like, was that modern topless? no 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 Mondo Mondo Mondo, Mondo oh, Topless Mondo take a note Ken. I already did yes. it's a local local band with a great keyboard sound I've always loved that keyboard sound like I'm not a big you know uh you know, Yes Band or, you know, like any prog rock keyboard thing. Yep. Um, but this one makes sense. It, it just, I like that Farfisa sound. My favorite bands usually have some sort of keyboard. Have you ever seen a Farfisa person? Not a person. No, I've seen a far, far, far piece of organ. I saw one outside the United Nations once. He Did was you? kind of a tall guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just made that up. You were never at the United Nations. They wouldn't allow clearance. He showed him. He showed him a cassette, and they no, no, let they, him in. <laughs> <laughs> they, they let Clarence in. They, they wouldn't let me in. Yes, Clarence. Clarence, a Farfisa guy. Okay. <laughs> Look, I have this world music cassette. Can I get into the? It's We Are the World on cassettes. Yes, I have a Koofy on. You guys are all about that. We Are the World. You're all about that. But yeah, they... Um, no, no, but the cassette I used to get into Vichet was... Yeah, which all, was it? It was a Hall & Oates cassette, and you could tell because it was all That's, white. I'm out of here. I'm it was done. all white. It was all white, including the actual... <laughs> it was it was encased in a, two pieces of bread. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Yeah, they didn't have like a cassette holder. They just shipped it with two pieces of bread and the cassette in the middle. Actually, I'm stealing that. I'm using that for my next album. Yeah, I mean, if he, these records, if 
this record in particular, you can go back and listen to the two covers that are on it. They're great. Those are great wrong songs too. So, I stand accused is one of my favorite songs on a lot of levels, which we'll get to it. But. Now, again, because of the, I read the Wikipedia entry earlier today. It's sure. fresh in my mind. Yes. Describes the genre as new wave, comma soul. Yes. You agree with that? Yes. I do because I, I it was definitely new wave because of the timing. It was definitely the time. I mean, I always say that the, the records that we love the most, like the types of music we love the most, are the music we listened to when we were in high school and middle school. I agree. Or even like you get into college a little bit. Yeah, and I think, Ken, we've discussed that. You have some formative years where yeah. music is incredibly important to you oh, yeah, yeah. and your identity and figuring out which click you're going to run with. Yeah, I mean, I definitely identified with... I definitely uh, identified with this type of scene you know I definitely you know I would buy old copies of like NME um, which was the newspaper from England I always wanted to be English I mean not that I went so far as actually pretend I was English but I always like I always I tried to look like Elvis Costello for a while I was really upset I didn't have to wear glasses you know so I started wearing fake glasses which I are, are those fake now? No, these are real, but they're broken. You can see how I so you, the, you, the earpiece broke So off. you've kind of attained that goal. You wear glasses. Yeah. No, nah, it's age. <laughs> I'm, Elvis, I'm what Elvis Costello would look like in the next 10 years, even though he's younger than I am. If he was like an out-of-work English electrician. Yes. You know. <laughs> or a bartender. <laughs> Big fat bartender. Or a bartender in a, in, a bar, in a bar with his name that he didn't know. Yes. <laughs> I am the Bob and not the Bob and Bob and Barber. Yeah, Elvis and Costello. Elvis, Elvis and Costello. There was, I was such a big Elvis Costello fan that there was an SCTV skit that was Elvis and Costello. And it was basically Lou Abbott was replaced with Elvis Presley. Right, yeah. Hey, Abbott. Hey, hey, Elvis. Hey, Elvis. Just, oh, I don't know who's on first, but uh, I don't know who's on second either. I'm going to have some quaaludes. Let's have a sandwich made of peanut butter. Give me some Parker Dan's. Parker Dan's, yeah. Lisa Marie, come here. I want to talk to you about something. Alright. I'm actually going I'm gonna leave for a little bit. Why? I'm gonna take a dump. We're pissed. One of the you know what? Why don't we just we'll pause and then Why we'll we pause, we'll, pause with the cause. We'll restart this song. And, and I can clear away some of these this two dozen cans of beer out of the way. Okay. <laughs> Talking about fair warning, you got to be really serious and academic, right? Okay, <laughs> David, David Lee, <laughs> Professor David Lee, <laughs> Professor David. First off, I want to—I uh, don't know who the—I don't know if that was you or another artist, but I want to thank you for the uh, caricature of my father as an old-timey cartoon in that bathroom. Yeah, no, that wasn't me. <laughs> uh, that was actually—I <laughs> missed that. Yes, that's in the ladies' room. That's actually an artist by the name of. Uh, Brian Martinez, who's actually banned from here, because he uh, 
Yeah. He's banned for using the N-word. <laughs> wow. supposed to be. Well, wow. Right, or what he should be. Here you go. Are we on? I guess we're we on. Are, we are, no, we are on. And uh, right. shot number two. Number shot. Here we go. Cheers. Skull. Tink, tink, tink. Tink, tink. That is smooth, yeah. 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 All right, let's see if we can get this song back to the beginning. Let's see. Maybe not. Is that where we were? Yes. Yeah. Okay, if you say so. Now, it's funny because I they do karaoke here uh, on Sunday nights. At, at nine o'clock, and I do a lot of Elvis Costello songs. I'm just a weirdo. Like it's weird. I'll come in and I'll do like an Elvis Costello and an Elvis Presley song, and they're like, "It's all Elvis night." <laughs> um, but I and then he does use on first. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody comments on how much I sound like Elvis Costello, and I'm like, "That's because I've been listening to him. He really is formative in the way that I even." I was playing in bands. Well, I was about to say, and, and, and I'm totally not like shining your shoes here with this, but like when I listen to your lyrics from you know what you what you wrote in past bands, I hear a lot of that. I hear a lot of Elvis yeah. I mean, I learned how to. I learned. I didn't learn how to write songs from Elvis Costello because that would be weird, but I listened to him enough that I knew that. Like the difference between song structure and like uh, there was other musicians well before him that I really really enjoy listening to. Like t- to me, the two best songwriters of my life have been Elvis Costello and Paul Westerberg. That was the other record I considered doing, which was another was a, a replacements record, um, which we can do in the future. But um, but there's something about the, the you know a good songwriter uh, being put into a band now. When I think of like singer songwriters, I think of like you know, Livingston Taylor and you know Whiny McWeinster and you know just you know acoustic guitar and like oh songs about my mom and stuff. But he just wrote about stuff that was happening. And when I did try to write songs, I I always had Elvis Costello in the back of my head, like as the way he, he put together songs and stuff like that. Now. Electric chairs, nowhere near that, but <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely like my punk side. But some of my other songs, like like when I did, um, well, perfect example was "Why Does Our Love Make Us Tired" mm-hmm. was the, definitely an Elvis Costello ripoff song. Yeah. There were a lot of times I would just like. I wouldn't call it a ripoff, but you know, no, I, yeah. I, I I I totally see the influence. Yeah, I mean, my favorite songs by Elvis aren't even on this record. Um, like Allison is one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, and um, yeah, and this is a great song. I was listening to this today. It has that like, it has that like fun Farfisa type mm-hmm. sound. But he's singing about he needs a human touch. Yeah. He's singing about like mechanical music. So he's got this sort of like calliope type of sound right. along with it. Yeah. I love that that kind of off piano. Yeah. There, yeah. Well, that's Steve Naive, man. That's Steve Naive was on tour recently. I didn't see it, but I saw like footage of it. So good. I mean, they're all just so good. Um, weird looking dude, but yeah. He's just, um, yeah, it's such a. It's this song. If you listen to the lyrics, 
You know, I was listening to the album and I thought if you uh, speed up the tempos a little bit and add a horn section, you have some ska music. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially this sound. Yeah. Well, yeah, ska yeah. was hitting at the same time as this. So this is a Farfisa organ that's playing. So, I believe. But there's... Like, he's just... He was... You know, at the time, you have to put any record, especially vinyl, into the context of the time that it was put out. And a lot of people are like, oh... Oh, I can't believe they had that song back then. And I'm like, well, I gotta think of the time, time frame. Like any song. Right. You know, there's lots of other songs that I, I can't believe they put that song out. And yeah, at the time it was like okay to put out that type of record, you know? But this sound, this, this song in particular, was him trying to, you know, say, like make a fun record, a fun song. I just felt. Um, a fun song, but talk about like how he needs like human interaction. He needs like he doesn't need mechanical music. At the time, like bands like Human League and all these like bands are coming out. They were just all like synthesizers, and this wasn't synthesizers. This was, yeah. and of course, uh, new wave and punk music in general was a uh, an answer, not an answer, but uh, prog rock. Know, all, all the overly indulgent stuff, and even the corporate rock, you yeah. know, the AOR stuff, yeah. uh, which had just become, you know, boring. But uh, yeah, this was uh, certainly a response to that. Yeah, yeah, there's this was a response to that, all that stuff, and then there's the new wave stuff, and it's such a good song. Song's so good. It's just like screaming on this record. He blows his voice out halfway through. Oh, his voice at the end. Yeah. It's that he sounds like that uh, voice actor who would do uh, Cobra Commander. <laughs> <laughs> even a even this walking bass line on this. I I, I didn't get to, we were I didn't get to say but um, five gears in reverse that bass line that Bruce Thomas bass line is like yeah Bruce Thomas was I could like, never get yeah, tired of that yeah and um no it's. Was it Pete Thomas? Who was, who was the man? Pete Thomas. Pete Thomas, I forget. I forget the names. But, but it's, no, it's Steve Naive, Pete Thomas, Bruce Thomas. Bruce Thomas. the bass player. Um, and then the, the Clan McManus, which is Elvis Costello. Changed his name back to Elvis Costello, to uh, the Clan McManus. And then he added a middle name, Aloysius, for some reason. Is it his real middle name? No, he invented it. Like, he, he changed his name legally to Elvis Costello because of, like, a record. Like, they wanted him to have, like, a different name. The, the Clan McManus was too, too hard to understand. So him using two icons of American culture, Elvis Presley and Lou, you know, Lou Costello, changed his name. He legally changed it to Elvis Costello. Like, right there, I'm screaming like that. Yeah. So great. Um, and he's a, and Elvis is a funny guy. Have you ever seen him, like... Like when he did the he did the Letterman show, he hosted the Letterman show. Great, he's a great showman. He's just like a great, like funny guy. Um, yeah, that bass player, that bass part is so good. This could have been a track in the Blues Brothers. Oh, it could, it totally could have been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah, that yeah. that big organ, and that's yeah. funny. It's funny we're here because of the B3 Hammond that's right behind Ken right now. That's been here for 35 years. Leslie Ork, you know, the Leslie Speaker. Ooh, Ken, watch out. Ooh, watch out. It was coming towards you. <laughs> <Would> you? <laughs> Whoops. 
But that's what I mean. If you come here on Friday or Saturday, they use the B3 Hammond with the band. It's just, there's no other place like this. Back in the day, there used to be all these B3 Hammond houses. It was, it was a, this neighborhood used to be an African-American neighborhood. And they had all these bars that had B3 Hammonds in them. They built a band around it. It's like having a whole orchestra. They were the last ones. That wow. organ was willed to us by the original sax player, Nate Wiley. It's a good story. I think it's a good story. Um, Nate Wiley was started the band called The Crowd Pleasers over 35 years ago. And then when the present owner bought it, uh, he pretty much has kept this place the same. He's added stuff, but he's kept a lot of the same. Yeah, great drum beat break. Um, but the B3 Hammond was something that was owned by the band. And when Nate passed away about 10 years ago now, um, he willed, he had three things on his, his will. One was $25 to his son. Whole other story. <laughs> Two, his house and everything else to his, his wife, uh, Henrietta, who just passed away this year. A wonderful woman. And then the third thing was to his good friend, Jack Prince, who's the owner of Bob and Barbara's, the B3 Hammond. So he, Jack has kept, built a whole bar around this whole, about this B3 Hammond. That's great. We make it a point, like when even when other bands come in, we don't let them play it. But the Friday and Saturday bands should play it. Um, I mean, it's just—it's such a beautiful sound. It sounds like that. It's just amazing. Could you play it? No, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed. I have to—I have to sign a waiver and give a sperm sample. I, I believe. <laughs> but I—I I give a sperm sample anyway, well, just for everything. I just gave so. one in the bathroom. Oh, there you go. Good. Not because of that caricature of your dad. No, not because of that. <laughs> hey, Bob, these keys are a little sticky. Oh. <laughs> what happened? Spill some soda? On yeah. Well, it's like when I'm watching. Oh, my favorite song. My favorite song on the album. What's the title of this song? I Stand Accused. It's a cover. the musical break is like perfect yeah I'm getting misty listen to it <laughs> you, you need a tissue no. for your eyes I mean, I mean yeah. <laughs> no I, I took care of the other you thing you need the towel for the other thing I'm wearing a diaper right now a lot of the songs on this album were, from what I've read, in reference to a prior relationship. It might have been. I don't know. I don't know that much, but I just know that this song fits so well with the rest of the album. I thought it was his song for the longest time. Yeah. Well, when I first got it, I thought it, I thought it was too until I read up. Read up yeah. Again. I mean, this one, and there's another song on here that is, um, but this song in particular, like when I go to um, a bar, and it has what touch tunes in this part. That's probably Huey Lewis playing right now. Oh, that could be, yeah. It I would not be. Yeah. Be surprised. According to Wikipedia, it's the bass player. Really? No. That's too bad. Let's just sell, let's just say that they lied. That they, was Huey well, Lewis. We know Wikipedia is not always correct. Long before he wanted a new drug, <laughs> that was Huey Lewis. That he got from uh, Ray Parker as he was hunting ghosts. <laughs> 
Who are you going to call? Huey Lewis. Hey, Parker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that. Now, if you ever get a chance, listen to the original version of this. By whom? Uh, I believe it's it's not Sam and Dave, but it's somebody like that. Like David, Sam, David Co- Sam, I think. Sam, David Sam. David Sandberg. Um, Brian Sandberg. Brian Sandberg. <laughs> Dave. David Brenner. David Brenner. <laughs> Who's right behind you, actually. If you turn around to the right hand and you look, David Brenner right there under the Schmitz, this, the Schmitz ad. That's David Brenner, who was the original Hulk. So <laughs> that's David Brenner. Bad joke. No, the, the, there's a David Brenner uh, ad around here, so we'll look for that later. Yes, no, it well, it's around there. It used to be right there. Yes. So you got? Do you have this place memorized, Ken? No, I took a picture of it. And I said, oh, no, because we we move shit around all the time. Uh, I, I thought maybe Ken peed on someone's leg over by the the <laughs> David Brenner. <laughs> he schwacked him. <laughs> that was that was my favorite story. <laughs> that was the phrase. That we tried to get started, which was like when you pee on somebody by accident, you right. call, you schwack them. Right, exactly. Never took on. I don't know why. Never took off. <laughs> and if you pee on someone deliberately, it's you schwacked them. <laughs> With two umlauts over the A. Because, <laughs> of course, anything, anything regarding urine has to be German. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is the last track, right? Yes, yeah, the last track. But if you ever get a chance, like that's the thing I like about this album. Is that even the CD has, um, when they re-release it, they had a second side, like I said, and it has all these great outtakes. Now, I don't think you guys want to play that, but the thing is that the second side is my favorite second side of any CD. You know, like, that's the thing about CDs now that's kind of weird. Like, I love it, but it's like the Easter egg theory, which is like, oh, let's put this extra stuff on there that didn't make it. Yeah. The second side of the CD, the second CD, a part of this, is just as strong. I mean, it's it could be its own separate album, but it's my favorite like B-side thing that's ever been put out. Just because there's, I think there's even an acoustic version of um, uh, Mystery Dance and. and well, I know there's an acoustic version of Love for Tender and this song. Yeah, so I mean, it's just that type of thing. If you can't find a vinyl, definitely go out and buy. The CD version because it's, it's just so. If you're gonna own like the like a first Elvis Costello, like oh I've never heard of Elvis Costello before, where I, I want to hear get into him. This album I would start with and then go back to the prior two, but I would start with the CD because it's probably a way you'll hear it first anyway. But this I'm not trying to promote this record, but because it's already you know, hey, out of print. Do, do you earn royalties? Yes, off of I this? do because I am Elvis Costello. Let me pull up my mask. <laughs> <laughs> You and your, well, your teeth are Jim, really bad. I was not yes. expecting that, Jim. Uh, what a twist! You and your damn dog, and your mystery machine. Would have gotten away from those crazy no. kids, those meddling kids. No, those meddling kids. Yeah, but there's some. There's something about just this record in particular, about its place in history, that a lot of people don't like. If if, if the incident happened today he would have been blackballed and he never would have got a chance to even make this record but at the time and do you know who was blackballed yeah. Ray Charles yes <laughs> well yes but he didn't know it <laughs> he just assumed um yes good there you go yes good what does black taste like he said to her 
So yeah, so yeah, so that's my f my favorite Elvis Costello vinyl. So. Ken's looking like he's ready to pull the plug here. Well, no, no, no. It's, it's, uh, we got We listen. We gotta we gotta pay for this. We gotta pay for this podcast. Oh uh, yeah, we got you. Got to do the. Uh, we do. The we do. You do. We do. We, we, you know, we oh, that's right. Now for our sponsor. Just so you know, Bob, the the, uh, the the deal is that the sponsor is always a surprise to me. Okay. Yes. yes. So it's as it's much not Jim Beam, is it? Because no, it's, it's totally not Jim Beam. It's oh, a, okay. as much a surprise to me as it's going to be to you. Okay. But again, um, awesome. I hope this comes through because I didn't sound I didn't sound check this before. But again, I know last time I did a clothing store, and again, Jim. I know you like to dress well. Oh, which is no why? Which is why? No, I he doesn't. <laughs> there's only one thing I like better than dressing well, and that's dressing like a woman. And well, well dressed woman. Well yes. dressed woman. Yes. And that is why I searched high and low over the past three months since our last podcast for this sponsor. All right. A pretty girl is like a crest of a suit. Crass Brothers, 901 South Street. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just down the street from here. Just down the street. When we're done here, I do have a story. We can go shopping for you. We, we no, it's not there anymore. It's it's a yogurt place. <laughs> you, you can he dress, likes yogurt too. You, you can dress in yogurt. Yes. No, I I when they were when they were closing. Crass Brothers. I, I walked by. I, you, he was there up until like not that long ago, and I remember because I saw those commercials for years, and then I started hanging around this area a little bit more by living here and working here. And I walked by the store as they were closing it out. They were, he was like in his eighties, still looked the same, but like uh, like you know a mummy version. <laughs> and he he was in the store, which is now a yogurt store, and um, it's right next to the Whole Foods. And they had, like, a bunch of, like, racks of clothes that people were just going through. Like, they were clearing out the store. And he was still sitting in there in the middle of the store in a chair, totally in a suit, just kind of sitting there not knowing what else to do. And I felt like, oh, my God, that's Ben Crass. I don't want to say, hey, I'm a big fan because I never bought a suit from him. But I felt kind of sad and nostalgic. It was like a passing of, you know, it was not even a passing of the torch. It was an extinguishing of the torch. So you blew him? Yeah, so, <laughs> yes. I went over and I said, excuse me, sir, I'm a big fan. You might, I, I'm not that way, but you're a big star. And if you don't go to Crass's, <laughs> go to Crass's men's store, you're not a man. And so I blew him. I said, is this okay? Yes. No, but he was. So I, what I, does I, the worst part of it was? Eighty-year-old trouble feet. It tastes no, like you know what? It didn't taste like anything. It tasted like because it was kind of like, like shredded wheat. It wasn't even there. It was like it was like he couldn't get past his pants. He couldn't get past his zipper. <laughs> so I. Uh, I don't know what sad. his dick tasted like, but his gabardine was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> his zipper tasted like metal. Like nickel. Nickel. <laughs> <laughs> tasted like Pabst. That's what everything tastes like right now. So this was fun, man. Thanks, I appreciate this. No, I'm sorry, no there's no ambiance. Do we do we want to go on to the uh, the extra tracks? Or? Well, you did plug it back in. So I, I mean, is there a particular it. extra track you want to? Uh, do you have the still? you have the box? I can I can the jewel case. The jewel I, case. I do. Yeah. I do. Let me take a look at it, because then. Oh, you know what? Just or you can just wing it, and then. No, 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 no. Like, uh. All right, let me see. All right.
know what? The song, the. Oh yeah, you know what? Play um, track twenty-eight. Well, what was the last track on the album? Was that Ride Act? What number was that? That was number. You don't know. Well, maybe twenty, right? Twelve. Oh my God, there's so much stuff on here. It's the jewel case, man. Yeah, there's all this cool stuff on the jewel case they didn't have on the. South Street, South Street. Can you guys hear that? South Street. Is this coming through you guys, or is this like what we're playing here? No, this is this it's is the house, the house music. music. It's That's the house awesome. music. Yes. Very funny. Uh, I don't know. I would just play. Yeah, let me see. Yeah, I would play twenty eight. Oops. Twenty eight. Okay, let's try this. This should be twenty one. Let's see. Yeah. Doctor loses her system. Good? Yeah. Yeah, there's just certain things about this the way that this the the way this song kind of falls a little bit. Like it's something about that I really love. It's got that real lisping kind of delivery. It's like a yeah. mean, it's a mean lisp. Yeah, and he's got that very went real nasal with it. It's like it's up there, and uh, but uh, just something about this. It's almost like a weird, creepy track. Mm-hmm. Like that part right there. Like that doesn't common chromatic move there. And you can see why they wouldn't put it on the record, just because I think I forget where this went on to, like another record eventually, but this almost sounds like like a Beatles track in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, these, all these guys are Beatles fans, and that's what it was. But the vocal delivery is something you would have heard on one of his previous albums. Yeah, or even later. But definitely like off the Spike record or like something when he was like really trying. You know what I mean? Like he, he was able to be to like El- I'm not talking about Elvis like he's gone, but <laughs> No, he has a way of like trying to change his delivery whenever he can. Like there's a version of him doing uh, um, an animal's tune that he just sounds like he smoked like 20 packs of cigarettes before he sang it. His vocals are like like tinfoil. But here he sounds like he almost sounds like Grand uh, Grand Parker right now in this song. This is what I think everybody thinks Elvis Costello always sounds like. But it's a great, great track we got there. Twenty-eight. 
do you want to play a couple of these or just jump around or just want to keep going? It's up to you, man. Do you, man. you have another favorite out of these outtakes? Or? Well, Hoover it's Factory, up. which is two song, two tracks from this, is really good. Okay. And then 23. Uh, yeah, track 23 is really good. So Hoover Factory is what, 30? No, it's 20. No, it's actually these. It's funny; these are in reverse. Yeah, they go up. Yeah, so go, so go backwards. It's it's the previous song. Let's say twenty-six. Is this Hoover Factory? No, this is Luther's assistant. Same one. Same track. (laughs) Every song's the same. What is this? The Ramones? Groundhog Groundhog's Day. What is this? This is just a memory. I need to go forward once? Now reverse. Oh my god. Dr. Hugh, uh... You know, Hoover is a uh, euphemism for blowjob. What is... <laughs> yes, I know. Okay. As long as you know. Hey, you know what this is? No. That's blower's crank. Get it? I think, yes, I, I you get, get it? it. I do get it. How often? Uh, not very often. <laughs> what it tastes like. <laughs> so wait, this is a song about a blowjob factory? Yes. Either that or vacuum cleaners. <laughs> it's about factories in general. Because that's, because they're, they're soul the job, yeah, the jobs suck. This is a very English song. I mean, that's what I like about. Like, if you go back and listen to a lot of stuff that you did, like, you've always brought up Oliver's Army as a great song. It's like certain things that happen in English history that a lot of Americans don't even like, oh, what is that? I have no idea. But it's like, you know, like, uh, shipbuilding was about the invasion of Grenada, so, and about how suddenly everybody's going to be able to make. You know, have Christmas presents because they're building ships to invade another place, you know? Now, you want me to go back a couple more than that, right? Yeah. I'll try. Let's see. I think we've heard them. I need to go forward? Yeah, go on. Heard that one. This might be... We heard, th- we heard this. This is Riot Act? Riot Act. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good song. This is um, Girls Talk. It uh, was written by Dave Edmonds, who is with Nick Lowe. This is a great track. When you say with Nick Lowe, yes. you mean in the conjugal sense? Yes, no, in the biblical sense. Yes. Because they, you know. Yeah, they, uh, no, I'm, I have no idea. I wasn't in the bedroom. Were you? Were you in the bedroom? <laughs> no, Nick Lowe and Dave Edmonds. We're in Brinsley Schwartz together. 
at the same time? At the same time. Wow. <laughs> yes. That guy must have been hurt. Yes, he was hurting. <laughs> the guitar player's name was Brinsley Schwartz. Was name? I, I want to be named Brinsley something. Either that or Ralph Wellington. Yes, Ralph Wellington. Yes. Oh, very. Thanks for bringing that around. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle, man. Way to make the yes. That's why I bring him along. Yes. They, um, yeah, but this is a Dave Edmonds song. If you ever hear this original version by Dave Edmonds in Rockpile, it's amazing. This is the was. They all kind of hung out together and they shared songs. There was a Big Wheel tour, the original Big Wheel tour that I saw, um, where you, you know, Elvis Costello had a big wheel put together, and he'd spin the wheel, and whatever song came up was the song he would play. What what if the same song came up three times in a row? He would have to play it a different way every single time. Really? Oh yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and then they had, oh yeah, the, that big wheel tour. There's actually a recording of uh, the actual the second version of that. There was a there was a show that Elvis Costello did where he played three nights at the Tower Theater. First night was with uh, a band that he did with uh, Bo- Benmont Trent. Who was um, Ooh, Tom Petty's Tom uh, Petty's guitar uh, keyboard, keyboard player. player? Yeah, he had created the band, and then the second night was the Big Wheel tour, and then the third night was with the attractions, just an attractions night. So I went to the second night, and he had a Big Wheel set up. Came through the crowd. This when this is when Elvis Costello, like you didn't think he had a sense of humor and shit, and he came through the crowd, and he was a game show host. He just walked through the crowd, and they spun the wheel. He had a um, he had a, a like a bar set up on the bu- on the stage, the l- little lounge. He had a go-go cage that the person who would come up and spin the wheel could dance in the go-go cage, and then he had a pedal on the floor that would like for requests. And if it, he didn't like the song, he would just hit this request song, and people would just yell out shit, and they would just play it. Amazing show, amazing, amazing show, and it was such a big deal. Ten years later, they recreated it, and it was a big tour where they just did the, the big wheel tour. And you hear like this this version is like the version that was originally supposed to be on there, but it's kind of slow. The last song he played was "Clown Time Is Over." at the Big Wheel Tour in Philadelphia. And he's like, yes, it truly is. Clown time is over. And now we're done with all our fun. But this is too fucking boring. And he hit, like, because he had to do encores. So he hit the, the request line. and You know, I'm afraid that's what some people listening to this podcast will say. This is too fucking boring. <laughs> you, pass, you pass forward. Yeah, but, you know. You pass forward. Because, uh... No, I, I mean the this whole the whole podcast. Oh yeah, well that's. They can go listen to like the Nickelback. Oh man. Podcast, yes. Right. Yeah, that's, that's our other podcast. You know, I think the Nickelback podcast would be really short. It'd just be the sound of two gunshots to our <laughs> to our own heads. <laughs> Shortest podcast in history. It would be the only vocals would be. Are you right, you? <laughs> One, two, three. Why? Love you, mom. Let's Ray. do the Bud Dwyer, Ken. <laughs> I want my wife to take over my job when I go. <laughs> I have a story about that. You have a story about Bud Dwyer? Bud about, Dwyer? About you shooting yourself? <laughs> yes. No, Bud Dwyer. Um, I was alive back then. No, Bud Dwyer. Um, the day that Bud Dwyer shot himself was a big snowstorm in Philadelphia. And I was driving home 
and I got stuck in traffic in a snowstorm. Where I, were you driving home from? From uh, I was living in Northeast Philly with Reese at the time, and I was driving from Northeast to Northeast Philly from uh, Ardmore, from where I was working. I'm driving down City Line Avenue in a snowstorm, and they kept replaying the Bud Dwyer story over and over again. Meanwhile, the, the snowstorm was the bigger story. Three days later, I'm at the Chestnut Cabaret, and the Dead Milkmen come, were playing. They come up on stage, and Rodney, anonymous, is actually, I know Rodney now, he comes out on stage and starts handing out envelopes to people, which is what Bud Dwyer did. And he says, and he says, and he pulls out from his own envelope a little space gun, and he starts trying to shoot himself in the head, and he's like, he's on butt wire in space. <laughs> and he's like, and during, I was great, because I remember, distinct, this is how my memory haunts me. He kept saying, I want my wife to take over my job in this band when I'm gone. <laughs> and he kept shooting himself, and then he finally says, during the, um, there's that, that intro during Bitchy Camaro, where they're doing the door song, and he kept, come on, baby, I'm Bud Dwyer. <laughs> that is awesome. That is that great is show. Awesome great show. show. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> now, and it's all connected. It's all totally connected to Bud Dwyer. So, which, um, is, uh, which is good because our other, our third podcast is the Bud Dwyer podcast. It is. Yeah. It's actually Bud Dwyer listens to Nickelback, <laughs> which is actually the <laughs> second shortest podcast in history, because it's like half a, a Nickelback song. Right. And yeah. then it's a gun show. Right. Yeah. So you can kind of, yeah, I mean, these songs are just really fun to listen to, and Getting Mighty Crowded, which we just heard, is an old old song that's just fun to listen to. Yeah, this definitely doesn't have the classic R&B vibe, does it? No. Well, it's produced. It's got, like, that production value. But if you ever get a chance, the, um, the Big Wheel Tour vinyl is amazing. It's just fun. Uh, the Philadelphia version never got recorded. Bootleg, um, though, right? Probably somewhere. I just remember being in that show and uh, his his second wife, I think, Cat Cat O'Reardon. Cat O'Reardon was the bass player for the Pogues. He married her, and she was at that show. He pulled her up on stage, and everybody went nuts because they were. That's the thing. Like Elvis Costello fans are fanatical about him. They just know every little aspect about him. You know, and he was he could have married anybody. He could have married like a model. He could have married you. No, because I wasn't I wasn't, a, I wasn't he was on the market. You, I wasn't was, on the market at the time. He was underage at the time. I was underage. No, I was of age. I just wasn't wasn't into guys at that time. So no, I never was. No, I was married. So and that would have been a wrinkle in my 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 life. A little awkward. Yes. But no, I have friends that have met him and. And they say he's a nice guy and everything, but there's something about his songs that are just, they touch me. No, they they warm your subtackles. They, they subtackles of my mind. That was actually a William Shatner album, Subtackles of My Mind. <laughs> that was the other album I considered picking was William the William Shatner, Shatner album. Because we used to, that or the um, Leonard Nimoy album. The Letter Nimoy album, we used to listen to that before we go on stage. It's just so funny. One with, the one with Bilbo Baggins? Yes, and um, uh, If I Had a Hammer. If I Had a Hammer? Yes. The Hammer of Justice. So, like, um, do, I, do we get paid for this? Or A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We, we get 
beverages. <laughs> so, I so I don't know what you get paid. Oh, so I didn't. Oh, okay. oh, we didn't work that out ahead of time. Oh, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, uh, I still want you to do your Dudley Moore impression. It's but for I'm the exposure. But I don't remember the Dudley Moore. Right. The Dudley Moore impression was the best thing of that night. We were watching Skunk Ape movies, and you know, apparently it was better than the Skunk Ape movies. I don't remember it either. We we had a more recent Skunk Ape, and it was at your house, Ken, your current house. I do not. Oh, remember, yeah, I do yeah, not yeah. remember the title of the film, but in the film, it was a trauma. Are you talking about the one Ron brought over, the trauma film? No, no, it's a movie I brought. Oh, okay. which makes it strange. I don't remember the title, but Bigfoot um, <laughs> anally raped one of the male campers. <laughs> Do you remember but that this? was you brought that movie. I thought Ron brought that movie. I think I brought it. You just had it in your collection at home. <laughs> yeah. It, hey, honey, a, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's and, there's, and there's a really disgusting pullout scene. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that movie. I don't know the name of it, but it's on infinite loop in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm making dinner, I'm just watching that. Of course, do you do remember the movie that kind of was probably one of the funniest things we've ever seen during? One of those skunk ape movies, well, the, which I own now, Project Grizzly. I did a little, I did a small little tribute to Troy Hertzby's on my blog page. Did you? Yes. Yeah, I actually, when the the video store was going out of business, they had a copy of it, and my friends are like, it's not friends because I don't have friends. Um, the people <laughs> that I was working with are like, why did you buy this? I'm like, this is the greatest movie of all time, the Canadian Film Society. And if you ever get a chance, w- look up. Project Grizzly, if anything, just for the scenes where they test, test out the, the suit. suit. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Whenever so you're, whenever you're being attacked by a bunch of bears with pool sticks in the parking lot, make sure you put the suit on. Have you ever seen any of his other stuff? No, no. I'm just go on YouTube, type in his name. He came up with this suit that he's trying to sell to the, sell to the military to yeah. protect the troops. Making suits for stupid and stuff. It's got it's got a watch that's on the cod pieces. <laughs> <laughs> could, could we do another podcast all about cod pieces and, and maybe call it a cod Codcast? Codcast? Yes, yeah, we'll show that. A cod pass. We'll show, we'll show the movie. We'll talk about the movie Zardos. There you go. Where he had a big, big... That's what one with Sean Connery, right? Yeah, it's yeah, with yeah. the big cod piece, yeah. yes. It's the only ones I know of. Um... Yeah, no, Project Grizzly. Oh, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> now, there you go, Ken. I see right here that this uh, this CD was brought to us by uh, Music City in Binghamton, New York. There you go. Shout out to Music City. I don't. We don't know if you're still there. No, I, I think that was. I think all, over ten years ago. All of Binghamton. Wasn't that the, wasn't that the thing in um and empire records that was being that was buying out of her records uh, no that was music town i think all of binghamton succumbed to uh like a rare cancer outbreak yeah, like oh, rare cancer rare yeah rare how rare did just you think i said oh frere oh frere yeah an all frere an all frere cancer it was a it was a french, la la. It was a french, oh. a french cancer yeah cancer of the fist Cancer of the cockle. Uh, can- subcockle. Uh, I think French cancer would be cancer of the frog, wouldn't it? <laughs> the cheesy frog. Subcocular carcinoma. Uh, cancer le fromage. The cheese? <laughs> you watch way too much Monty Python, dude. I say omelette 
I'm, I'm let do from all the time. She's that's from Monty Python. And people are like, what the f- like, what are you talking about? It's good. It's actually good for me to do this because then I, now I don't feel so alone. It's so crazy. But I kind of am. A man who works in a establishment that's packed with people at least three nights of the week. Yes. Now he doesn't feel alone. Well, no. There's being al- I'm not kidding. <laughs> there's being alone and then there's lonely. There's wow. being. I can be in a crowd and still feel like I want to hear an Elvis Costello song. That, that's a completely different podcast. Yeah. You should just start calling it podcast. <laughs> Oh, this has been a lot of fun. Yes. Tons thank, of fun. Yes. Thank you very much, Bob, for no, joining anytime, us. No, anytime. Anytime. Next time we're doing it at the hospital, right? We very much appreciate it. Yes. Yeah, we're going to do all, um, is it Al? Uh, who's the guy that sang um, Cats in the Cradle? Oh, Cat Stevens. No, no, no uh, Harry Chapin. Yeah, it's going to be all Harry Chapin music in the uh, in the hospice ward at the hospital. That would be, uh, be kind of an upper from interesting. <laughs> Do it in the cab. In the cab? Just do it, yeah, do it because the song Taxi. And it's like, you know. <laughs> I'm a cab driver. Anyway, yeah, but this was fun. Thank you. We did an Elvis Costello pub rock. Could we just make sure it's one of those white collar prisons, though? Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm not doing it then. Forget it. <laughs> you know, like songs from the ninth hole tea. <laughs> so- songs in the key of country club. <laughs> yes. Songs uh, to play backgammon to. <laughs> yes. How about Bert Bacharach plays Bacharach? Bert Backrack plays Danbury, Connecticut, white collar prison. <laughs> a boy named Sue the People for doing this. <laughs> a boy named Mabel. Bernie Mabel. <laughs> a boy named Bernie. Shuffleboard. The Shuffleboard Blues. <laughs> Bob, I want to thank you for choosing an album that seemingly never ends. Well, like I said, you guys are listening to the, the extended version, which has all the little nitpicky nip, stuff on the, there. The liner notes in the CD are actually 75 pages long. Yes. Hold on. Don't, don't get struck by a car as you're trying to unfold it out in the street. Oh, boy. Anyway, all right. I, yeah, I've, I've had enough of this stuff. It's my day off, and I'm doing this, so. But this isn't yeah, worth this. we got to take a picture of, like, all the beer cans and stuff. No, this is fun, man. Anytime you want to do this, let me know. All right, we want to do it again right now. Okay, just pick another album. I'm going to hit stop, and that's going to be goodbye, everybody. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks. I don't know how many of you are tuning in, but we thank you, and uh, we'll be back in another (laughs) few months with uh, another episode. Any of you that listened to this podcast while you were like on a long drive, like on a long car ride, and if you didn't drive off a cliff. During the, during or this into podcast. a ditch. Yes. Then, hey, thanks. thanks. More power to you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for being in the no, biblical thanks sense. For, thank you. And thanks for the, uh, thanks for drinking my beers and my Jim Beam. <laughs> no, thanks. This keeps this got me out of the house today. Got so. you out of the house and across the street. Across the street, yes. Right. Yeah. So anytime you guys are in, if anybody's out there that really even knows what Bob and Barbers is, come on by and make fun of me. I've known these guys. So next, uh, what? Next time, you guys, do you have a, a one lined up for next one or? No. 
know. Um, Do we? We don't officially. I was actually thinking of um, you had the idea of, of getting Jeff and Jay together and doing like kind of a Loverch and Who Inspired You episode. Oh wow! So, well, there'll be a Strict Nine Divine track on that, so definitely you shouldn't. Maybe yeah. maybe we can Skype you in when we do oh, that. Oh totally! Wow, yeah, let you me might know. be stressing the tech the technology, but yeah, we'll try. Just <laughs> <laughs> have a picture of me and do my voice. With the lips. With the lips. With the lips yeah, like Rex Cargo. <laughs> yes. No, you know what I'll do? I'll say, um, <laughs> it, it going, it'll it? be Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore. You're gonna do, you should work on your Dudley Moore. I have to, yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. I just, I suck all the keys to the piano and gin sodic all into my fingers. Wait, did he really say that? Or I no, made, you said that. I made, I, I you were making fun of this documentary. I piano keys yeah. like we're getting ready to watch the. We're getting ready to watch a Skunkate movie and and Dudley Moore. Uh, oh, this sounds familiar. It was a Dudley Moore documentary. He's only about said it how three times already. No, 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 <laughs> no. But but this documentary was on actual television. Yeah, and we're watching it, and, and you just I, kept doing this I Dudley was riffing impression. On it. Okay. Yeah, riffing on it, and then you find out that he's just he's not drunk. He just always sounds like that now because he, well, he's dead now, but he had this disease that made him sound like the Is old Dudley, like sound like Arthur. Is he dead? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, both of them. Everybody's dead. We're the only ones alive. We're the last three alive. Yes. And that was got stopped. It's like the Omega Man, plus two. Actually, looking around the bar right now, I almost believe you. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry there wasn't people here today. But okay. We can try and plan this again when there's uh, people drinking. There's no Eagles game today. So. Yeah, it's all good. So, all right. Cool. Thanks. Bye, folks. Thanks very much. Signing off. Bye. Thank you.